0: Welcome to episode ninety-five of the Motovic Podcast. We appreciate your patience. It's summer, we're kind of not on vacation, but you know it's summer. There's stuff to do. There's places to ride. There's things to do. We have places to go, people to see, that sort of thing. So we're sorry for the delay. We hope you are enjoying the summer as it started, and we're back to chat about bikes. Sweet. So as
1: far as, um, you know, what you want to talk about, what I want to talk about, uh, lay it out there so we can get some kind of a,
0: this will be our table of contents for the episode. So I wanted to kind of start with just a couple of, I guess, random stories and whatnot. Um, I, Signed up for Superbike School, California Superbike School in July. It's gonna be a one day school. So I want to talk about that. Uh, oh, we did a short little ride out to a fun town called Intercourse. Yes. I want to <laughs> talk more about that. Yeah, I've heard and of that. And then town. oh, and then the towns around it. And <sighs> then um, I also want to talk about a project that I started and I need to kind of jump back into that and finish getting that going because I want to launch that this month. So I need a little help from the women who are listening, who are, who are riding and wearing gear. I want to, I need your help. So those are kind of the three, four things that I want to throw out there. And what do you got going on right now?
1: Well, um, sorry for the uh, little tip tapping and the late start, but, uh, I'm booking a trip to Chicago for the, uh, let's see. Red Bud National, it's a motocross Mm. and uh, it's in Michigan, but I'll be flying into Chicago and I will be watching the race as well as being a photography assistant. So that is July 1st. So if you happen to be in the Michigan area and you want to check out or already plan to check out motocross, I hear it's a really nice track. So I guess we'll find out.
0: That sounds exciting. Awesome. All right, yeah. let's jump in. So, yeah, and lane study. splitting.
1: I think I wanted to chat oh. a little bit about that too. Update. And uh, also, if you're in Southern California, there is a, a ride uh, in support of Nikki Hayden and his family's charities. So,
0: give oh. you some information about that. So, why don't we, I don't know, say so we talk about kind of the sad stuff first, and then we'll jump into some fun stuff. So, if you aren't an avid motor or fan of motorcycle racing, then you probably have not heard that a very, very famous and really kind and just a really cool person passed away. Um, Nikki Hayden, he won the MotoGP championship. Uh, he's, he only won one time and that was back in, I can't remember what year, 2006. I want to say about there. Yeah. 2006. Um, He raced in MotoGP up until about three seasons ago, and then he switched over to World Superbike. He is well-known in the racing community, not just motorcycle racing, but car racing, flat track, dirt, even though he didn't really compete in those arenas, just all the different professional athletes in those uh, racing uh, circles also knew him very well. He's very, just very popular, kind of like a Dale Earnhardt Jr. kind of person, just Really kind, really sweet. I followed him on Instagram and Twitter and he always just posted really sweet photos like as nieces and as a family and it just he was a really cool person and everyone was, loved him.
1: He was big on family and he came from a big family. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you're aware of his number, he was running sixty nine back before he was taller than motorcycles themselves, doing flat track, and that was his dad's mm-hmm. original number. And a little known fact is the reason it's uh, 69 has nothing to do with what you might be associating 69 with, (laughs) but it has everything to do with uh, the comment that uh, Earl, his father said, well, 69 looks like 69, whether the bike's right side up or upside down. So Mm -hmm. when you you crash, you're still 69 no matter what. That's right. So I I thought that that was kind of a a cool little uh, Mm -hmm. side note because I was kind of curious a little bit about the number, um, but I happened to see that and uh, thought that was a nice little story to tell.
0: If you want to know more about him and his family and kind of his time at MotoGP, you should go rent uh, rent or watch or purchase uh, uh, The Doctor, The Tornado, and The Kentucky Kid. It was put out about nine, ten years ago, about ten years ago, uh, and it interviewed... They interview Nikki, they interview Rossi, uh, Colin Edwards, and a few other prominent MotoGP racers at that time in that that season. And you learn a lot about Nikki and and motorcycle racing, just MotoGP racing in general. Highly recommend it. As so. well as
1: if you're interested in his upbringing and family history and background, there's a book called From OWB, which is actually the, mm-hmm. the three-letter code for Owensboro, Kentucky, uh, From OWB to MotoGP. That was written by Chris Jonham, which is a, a long standing contributor to the motorcycle industry. He's done quite a bit in addition to uh, working and, and being kind of Nikki's handler for a long time mm. at various uh, companies. So... Uh, this all leading up to the ride to honor uh, to honor Nikki Hayden. It's actually not the ride that you're thinking of. Um, it's a bike ride. Nikki was really active in mm. Southern California with uh, bicycling. And yeah. I remember a couple years ago doing a fundraiser at the local D store, and Nikki mm-hmm. Hayden pulls up on his bicycle all kitted out, <laughs> And everyone's like, Where the hell did this guy come from? He he had a house somewhere in Southern California and he just did about forty miles to the D store just to drop in and say hi and say a few words, sweaty, jump back on the bicycle and Aww. head back home. Um and and there are quite a few pictures uh of industry folks, uh Bonnier group, uh some other guys. Um Dainese and, and whatnot getting together and going on a bicycle ride, um, in like the early afternoon. So you'll see like this selfie that has, you know, one of our friends heads in it. And then it'll, it'll look back towards three or four other guys in the industry and mm-hmm. have Nikki Hayden in the group. And so he was a big cyclist and, uh, they are getting together at the rock and road cyclery. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, in Irvine. And they're limiting it to 200 riders, but uh, that will be on June 28th at 10 a.m. So if you are at all interested, live in Southern California um, and ride bicycles, you can participate in that ride. Again, 200 rider limit. And uh, I'm sure that at some point they might make the end point clear of that ride and then maybe if you're not a bicyclist that mm-hmm. you can meet up at the end point with all the bicyclists as well so uh, we'll keep you posted on that hopefully we won't take another month to get back to you
0: guys hey you know I might be out riding I mean uh, so I'm not yeah. going to apologize for that no 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 I'm not going to
1: apologize <laughs> I just looked at how long it was since I know. we did our last podcast
0: and I was like I gotta I get it
1: together this weekend because I'm starting to feel guilty when hey. it's like a month and a week <laughs>
0: (laughs) you know well i know i know i think our listeners understand yeah as they Um, as they should we hope we
1: bring you quality timeless content um sometimes there are some uh, events such as this but for the most part we try to cover issues that are uh, something that even if you miss out on the timeliness of it Mm -hmm. Um, You can still gather some information, some new opinions from it.
0: Yeah, so speaking of events, uh, let's go into some fun stuff. I signed up for a class with the California Superbike School, and I am not going to California for it. It is Monday, July 31st. It is... Uh, at New Jersey Motorsports Park, which is an hour from me, so that's why I'm doing it. But I am actually flying out to California next month for the Women's Sport Bike Rally, which I forgot to throw that out there earlier. Um, (laughs) That I'm also doing. I will be there for uh, July 14 to 16. It's in Big Bear, so if you're in Southern California, it's in San Bernardino County, I believe. I don't know anything about Southern California. It's all L.A. to me. I
1: think you're right there.
0: I don't know anything about it. It's, it's all LA, for, for, as far as I can tell. Um, but it's like an hour and a half, I think, uh, directly east of LAX, looks, it looks like, on the map, something like that. So I'm going to find a bike. I may rent one. I, I don't know. I'm going to see if I can get one. But otherwise, I will just pay for one, rent one. and then, Give me uh, a publication. I will be there. <laughs> Let's
1: talk after the podcast.
0: Yes, please. Um, <laughs> so I will be there 14 to 16 women's sport bike rally.com. I hope you'll check it out. I'm doing two seminars. I've got Brittany, of course, she's going to be there doing seminars with me and we've got, well, Christy's coming. And then there's another gal named Robin who's going to be there. And so there's a bunch of gals coming out, industry professionals like me, uh, like Christy and we're going to hmm. hang out, talk about bikes. it will be awesome.
1: I actually talked to Brittany about having to formally back out. So oh, I won't be coming. My mm-hmm. July got really busy. Oh. Uh, ironically enough, I'm heading out Bummer. to the East Coast the first weekend of July. <laughs> you're heading out to the West Coast the third weekend of July. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going up to World Superbike the second weekend of July. And you're going to a school called California Superbike yes. School at the end of July. So I'm I'm just kind of chuckling over the irony of the, <laughs> I see. Of the locations. For sure, when you do uh, fly in, we'll we'll try to coordinate a, a meetup, That's even okay. though I'm not going out to, uh,
0: to Big Bear. All right. Well, if, that's all right. Um, if you are going to the women's sport bike rally and you're in the area, I will, um, well message me, email me either through geartick.com or through motorific. And, um, I haven't finalized my travel just yet, but I will be soon. So I'll be probably coming in around Thursday and then I have to fly out Sunday night. But, um, if you want to like ride out together to the rally, just message me. So I'll be doing that first in mid July. So Superbike school is of course based in Southern California but they travel to different tracks around the country with take their trailer. They show on the trailer. road. Yep. Not every, you know, every class, of course, but they do, uh, I think, a few popular tracks. They have a, a trailer full of BMWs, I believe S1000s, that they take with them. You can rent for one or two days or maybe even just two days to rent with them. But you don't have to ride a BMW to take this class. So me and Evan were riding our bikes because I want to learn how to ride my bike better because my bike is very different from my old bikes. And the reason I'm taking it is really to learn how to ride my bike better. Yes, it's on the track. Yes, it's in a track environment. But the message of Superbike School is really about learning to ride better. And that's really something everybody can benefit from. Uh, You don't have to be on a race bike, so to speak, to take this class. And uh, so that's why we're going to take our own bikes. We're doing one day of instruction. I wish I could do two, but I can only do one. And it's going to be on a Monday. So we're going to just trailer our bikes out, hang out at the track. And that's on Monday, the 31st of July. It's also more affordable if you take your own bike versus renting their own. But the instruction's all day. Uh, They feed you breakfast and snacks and even lunch. Um, and, And you're really there to... To nail some crucial riding techniques that you can absolutely apply to street riding, and and I think that's what they want you to do is they want you to to really take the information they give you and apply it to your everyday riding, whether it's commuting, whether it's cornering, canyon riding, whatever it is. And that's what I want to do because I, I've had this bike for only a couple of years. I've only put in total about 15,000 miles on uh, yeah about 15,000 miles on this kind of bike so i'm excited just to learn some things and well i guess learn to ride that track better cuz the last time i went out and did a track day i think i did it was fine i mean i had a good time but it would be it would be great to get just because some of those corners are gnarly and they're they're so fa- it's such a fast track your average speed is like 60 and that's just which, so not how I Which track is this? Remind me again. New Jersey. It has what is that? A, new
1: Jersey Motorsports is that what they call it?
0: Mm-hmm. So a majority of that track, you're at higher speeds that I'm used to doing on the street. So uh, I'm excited just to learn some stuff and have fun. And it's always good every couple of years to take some kind of motorcycle class so you can just refresh your brain, learn something new, you know, break bad habits. Uh, you're, you're always trying to improve your riding. So taking these classes is just a great way to kind of refresh your brain, get to know your bike better, maybe even get to know a new bike, like, you know, maybe something you never ridden before as, as far as lifestyle. So highly recommend it. Uh, their website, I believe, is superbikeschool.com. Uh, we'll certainly post a link to it. And if you're going to be there, say hi. So that's awesome, and of
1: course, if your plans include motocross, like we said at the the top of the hour, if you Mm will, um, I will be at the Red Bud National Motocross the first weekend of July in Michigan. So, if you're following the pro motocross championship, come say hi. I'll be lugging cameras and doing assistant assistantship and uh, learning a little bit more about shooting, which is something that's on my list of valuable assets for me. And I'm taking a photography class as well. I'm kind okay. of trying to up my half-assed photography game so that uh, when I do travel, I am able to take my own photos and take them well, as opposed to the barely getting by that I've been uh, coasting on for the last couple of years. So, you know, if we don't get together next weekend, which is quite soon, um, then it looks like the 22nd or the 23rd is the only weekend in July where we're not going to be somewhere.
0: <laughs> uh, I think. Uh, yeah, I am a little less busy than you. I will pretty much be, I'm around, except July 13 to 20, one week. Other than that.
1: I yeah. No, 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 But I mean, I'm not around the first week of July. Or the second week of July, and yes. you're not around the third week of July. Yes. So it's either the fourth or the fifth.
0: Sure. You know, we'll shoot for so. a, as soon as we
1: can. Yes. Well, I just, I figured I'd throw it out there. Oh. Prepare prepare the uh, four listeners, because we probably lost sorry. one in the process of taking
0: a month. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> well, we'll try to get together as, you know, as soon as we can after we kind of get through part of the month. So, yeah, if um, you're looking for stuff to do.
1: I uh I will say that I did actually go out for a ride. I I haven't mm. actually um done a lot of riding as of late just because I've had uh quite a bit going on otherwise and uh staying late at the office I, you know the lane splitting lifestyle it's not for everybody and certainly sometimes it's not for me and uh and riding late at night is definitely not something I I elect to do um mm-hmm. only it's by not accident. Fun. Yeah. So I've been driving, but, uh, I played a little hooky on Friday and, uh, took off early, went for a ride up, uh, Angeles crest, got a lot of, got a lot of flack from, uh, from my friend who was like, dude, you live at the base of it. How Mm -hmm. can you tell me you haven't been on it more than like, uh, 10 times the whole time you've been riding and living here? Yeah, that's true. Californians. Yeah, I just, Mm -hmm. I I ride elsewhere because as far as I've heard from most people, it's just a shit show and it's a two lane road and Mm -hmm. it's, you know, twisty and beautiful and exciting. But the only problem is that it's... um, you know, heavily laden by cars and mm-hmm. by cars that might go over the line, by cars that might be texting, um, and and motorcyclists as well who probably take things a little too hot than how I'd prefer uh, being either in front of or behind. So it's not really an area I travel well. But um, needless to say, on my ride back down, I felt something hit my neck. And I was like, man, that, that does not feel good. And I very gently, because I didn't want to squish anything further into me, touched my neck and kind of, yeah, okay, yeah, there's something, something went down here. This isn't just an isolated incident. So I put my turn indicator on because I do not run calm with other riders and I was leading. So I, I pulled over at the first available point, turn off the bike got off because i couldn't see in my mirrors because there's too many twisty roads there's no way i'm gonna stop long enough to see if there's something on my neck So I um, got my credit card out of my wallet because I figured it was a bee and uh, Uh. looked at my neck and saw this giant thing still there, um, which is a little bit different from my normal bee sting moments when it's literally so fine it looks like a hair sticking out of your neck. Mm -hmm. And I was running the credit card along my neck in one direction consistently to try to get that out and I get it out and I'm looking at it. Oh my God, that looks like a piece of cactus! Like what? <laughs> this came from an animal. It was just—it was cur—it was like a curvature to it. It was not the usual bee stinger that I'm used to. Honestly, I, I really did think I, I got hit by a cactus, but um, it smarted for the entire way back, and I put some some ice on it when I got home, and I still have like a welt on my neck from this thing i haven't experienced any other symptoms and it's not you know swollen and i don't have pain or anything like that but but that is like the first i don't know what it was i'm sure it wasn't a cactus and it definitely wasn't a bee somewhere in between but uh needless to say you know if you do get hit by a bee um now and you didn't already know about the credit card technique now you know As opposed to trying to pat and touch and do something where you're going to push the stinger further into your neck, use a credit card, go one direction consistently, and just keep kind of fanning it until you get it out. But, um, yeah, you know, it happens. Um, Hopefully no one's allergic. But uh, I guess something else I was going to talk about is um, lane splitting, and we've talked about it a couple of times on the podcast and the evolution of lane splitting in different parts of the country. Did it last week?
0: Illegally, sorry.
1: uh, I was like, wait a second, we didn't record last week. Um, Joanne uh, used to have the benefit to legally lane split, but now she does not. So it is
0: well theoretically to represent. Theoretically, P has the same, had the same thing where it's not explicitly you can't, but there's not a thing you can. Oh,
1: really? Yeah. They operate on the gray area.
0: But, of course, they pull you over for these things, but I, I don't do it all the time. And uh, I had to. It would take me 40 minutes if I didn't do it to get to work. So, whatever. Yeah. That's a so new, 40 new legislation. 40 minutes for how many miles? Only like five. What? But it was backed 40? up. 40 was, minutes for 5 miles. It would have it would have taken me I don't know, if I waited in line, it probably would have taken a good half hour to wait in that line because it's Is never this a bridge. It's interstate.
1: Oh my it, god, you could walk home faster.
0: I'm just I was just kind of guessing based on how far back the backup was and where I needed to get to. It wasn't moving that's worse than LA. They Jeez. they went from four lanes to one. <laughs> 4 to 1. It was terrible. That's, so I had to I had to split.
1: That's I ridiculous. got to get
0: to work on time. Um, so is there new legislation or like new no i oh. I kind of just felt well there
1: is a there is a new store I was gonna mention, but I just kind of felt hmm. like if uh since we're still officially waiting on some sort of legislation if you if you recall in california we we passed in the last ballot I think it was a ballot maneuver or it was yeah. a no it wasn't ballot it was um in, internal. Uh, but uh, we we officially have lane splitting. The only caveat is that I think they're coming up with some sort of legislation or rules, kind of like we had before from mm-hmm. Highway Patrol and, and MSF and a couple different people before they took it down. But um, I don't know that they've come up with a certain set of criteria to define the... I thought
0: they did. Mm, I don't think they did yet. Uh,
1: after the law passed, I don't think they had anything official, but um, regardless, I was seeing someone lane split on the on the way to the office today, and I was thinking, you know, a primer might not be a bad thing. Again, not to mention the fact that um, they were running a story on Channel 5 on uh, Friday, so that's KTLA for you, SoCal Denizens, and this, uh, what was it, a uh, I want to say it was a Mitsubishi. Um, it was uh, some some car. I want to say it was Mitsubishi. Oh, Buick. So there's like a Buick sedan that was in the carpool lane, and our carpool lanes have a have a white line, a solid white, and then a double yellow with a black. And so you're not supposed to ever cross those lines, those four lines, if you will, um, freely on a motorcycle or with a a car until the line turns into a white dash which allows you entry and exit
0: mm-hmm.
1: so this car this uh, couple was lane splitting on a motorcycle and the woman had um, the, the pillion passenger also female but she rides um, had a camera and after she saw this car uh, make some dangerous maneuvers a couple of times towards motorcycles it was kind of aggressive she turned on the video to catch the rest of it, and uh, it's it's kind of funny. Like I, I would think that there's a level of privacy where they'd shade out the license plate number when they show this video, but they did not. So everybody knows that there's a guy out there driving a white sedan, uh, a white Buick, with a license plate number fully exposed uh, that actually has a handicap plate, no less. As the motorcyclists were lane-sharing the carpool lane, he would deliberately—or she, I mean, to be uh, honest—would deliberately pull over and sometimes run the two sets of passenger tires outside of the double yellow, cross it, just to shoo or block— the motorcyclist that was coming through. Um, there is not a whole lot of clear legislation for uh, riding the line on the carpool lane. But as far as I've heard from highway patrol who have given lectures at some places I've been, if you consistently ride in it and you're not b- bouncing out and in on either side, they don't have mm-hmm. a problem with it. So the motorcyclists appeared to be following all, you know, standard operating procedure on lane splitting, but this car was basically trying to shoo it out. And at some point, the car crossed over the WL to get into the other lane and chase after the motorcyclist. So, apparently, uh, this information got to the DMV, so I imagine that guy's going to be getting a phone call pretty soon, mm-hmm. but... Um, Needless to say, uh, so that covers lane splitting rules on uh, on the carpool lane. When I was coming into work today, there was a motorcyclist with a pillion passenger, jackets, wearing jackets, not wearing pants or uh, appropriate motorcycle, you know, wow. gear from the waist down. Freedom. And he was going all across, lane splitting, and the, and the traffic was moving. I was going 65 in my car. Um He was weaving in and out of all the different lanes of the freeway. So, you know, one of the things, one of the reasons why I thought maybe a little primer wasn't, you know, such a bad idea is because uh, there isn't something consistently going across that's the A A to Z on lane splitting. And so one of the things I had to contribute to this conversation on TIPS is to highly avoid lane splitting in the lanes where you're just getting on and off the freeway. Those are the lanes with the most activity Uh, of cars moving from the slow lane to a slightly faster lane heading over to the left. And you do not want a lane split in there because everyone's, everyone's hell bent on going left to go faster. And you're going to be right, uh, right in their path. Um, Likewise, you know, if, (laughs) Traffic's going 65. I really don't think it's necessary to uh, to unnecessarily put yourself at risk to go in between lanes. Typically, I mean, they've discussed in the past that if you're going faster than 40, they don't want to see lane splitting. I don't know what the official verdict will be once they issue a sort of directive defining the correct conditions uh, for lane splitting. But, um, you know, if you're going to ride on the dash as opposed to share a lane, you um, Make sure that you uh, are very careful. Don't do it when it's misty. Don't do it after a rain. Um, (laughs) The lines are made of thermoplastic or they're made of very thick coats of paint and -hmm. you can't break very well on them. And uh, we also have reflective uh, devices usually in those lanes. So you'll end up kind of doing a hiccup every 10 feet when you pass over one of those things. So if you've ever tried to hit the brakes on on a line, you will know that it is... uh, potentially not going to end well um definitely if you have a bike that's abs as opposed to a bike without abs it's probably going to be a better commuting option just because there are a lot of people who clip their brakes really fast and you need to be paying a lot of attention and kind of know Mm -hmm. the signs of uh of when drivers are listing one way or the other adjusting their radio texting the whole nine yards Mm -hmm. so it's kind of a it's kind of lane splitting requires kind of an evolution of, of very small hints and, and signals and reading um, mm-hmm. what people are going to do based on the kind of vibes that they're putting off as far as their car movement, as far as their personal movement inside the car. So you have, have, any, really... have anything from your days of San Francisco riding?
0: On it. Yeah, I, I mean... Well, since I used to do it all the time, it was certainly easier to get into that mood. And I don't know, because I guess I just used to doing it every day, pretty much did it every day. But sometimes I wouldn't do it, like if I was tired or I just didn't feel like I was completely alert enough to pay attention. Because I always felt like, one, I have to be in the mood to do it. Mm -hmm. Like I have to want to do it. And two, I have to be completely 100% 100% focused while doing it so that I don't miss someone texting or I don't miss somebody who's who might change into me um, so that I used good judgment. And then I would, but I would really only do it, I mean, I do it most of the time, but now, of course, I do it like once every six months because I don't commute in traffic. The few times that we get stuck in traffic, yeah, we'll do it. But we're doing it, I'm always doing it really slow, five, 10 miles an hour, maybe 15 miles an hour, but I'm never doing it f- going 50. Miles an hour, there's no point. I can ride in my lane and be fine. So I just recommend being awake and being 100% alert and focused. And you're not doing it for fun. I'd say it's the least fun way to ride. It's the last thing you want to do is lane split, at least to have a good time. You're doing it to get out and to get away and to free yourself from traffic. But I, I certainly don't really, I don't recommend it. Is, so to speak, like I recommend it is you got to do it, do it if you're desperate, if it's really hot, you know, that sort of thing. So just be really careful, be alert, look for those little nuances that Christy talked about and, and you can totally do it safely. Oh, and watch your bags. If You have big boxes or you have saddle bags. That means if you have to swerve, you have to swerve a lot harder because you have, you're losing clearance Right on the left and right side of the rear of your bike. So if you don't swerve hard enough, you may not get around a bumper. Uh, that's one of the reasons I got away from saddle bags a long time ago. Is my swerve clearance? It, it, I pretty much lost. Lost. I'd have to swerve a lot harder so that my bags wouldn't hit, you know, a, a corner or something. Um, so and on most highways in
1: Southern California, you will notice the freeway space is very tight. Um, I think yeah. minimum lane width is 11 feet, mm-hmm. um, and that's just coming from my my uh, professional career of uh, traffic engineering and geology and whatnot. But um, you tend to have much narrower lanes on some of the core Southern California freeways mm-hmm. in uh, in and around the L.A. area. And things open up a little bit in Orange County, and then they really open up once you get down towards San Diego. So when I used to go to San Diego with the Beamer and I had the Pelican cases, the hard mm-hmm. cases mounted on the bike, it was tough lane splitting in L.A., virtually nonexistent. Unless you've got, like, two Fiats or two Coopers that are, you know, Mm. on either side of the lane for you. And then once I started getting in Orange County, it got a little easier. And then once I started going into San Diego, it got a little easier. I also um, will elect to be in the carpool lane. Even if I'm not going ten thousand miles an hour, like everyone seems to want to do, uh, occasionally mm-hmm. when the when the opportunity comes up, um, just because by being all the way on the left, so fast lane as well, just by being all the way on the left. Um, And I know some people are shaking their head. Ah, that's the passing lane. Um, In California, it's not. Like everywhere else in the country, it is. In California, Mm -hmm. it's like there's so much traffic in most of these metropolitan areas. And unless you get far outside the city, people are using the the passing lane. So um, before you Mm -hmm. start yelling at me in your head, keep that in mind. Um, The left lane is... For me, one of the safer places, um, mm-hmm. and, and I guess this could go both ways, uh, it's because I won't have two different locations to be watching for as far as people coming over from the left and coming over from the right. Yeah. I will only have to manage yep. people coming over from the right. But in the same vein, if someone does come over uh, from the right, your, your exit options are going to be limited unless there is a, uh, a shoulder on the left. So there is that.
0: Mm, but it is nice only
1: having to fear one side of traffic
0: impeding your path as opposed to two. i take that back i I sure miss the the kind of the free and clear ability to do it for me right now it's not much difference but i don't miss the commuting i don't miss the uh, daily commute where i have to lane split to get to work it's my commute so much shorter now and I drive the Jeep more than I ride the bike to work. So I haven't, it's not as painful as it, as it was in the beginning to lose that. Now it's just, since my riding's turned to crap anyway. It doesn't really matter if it's because you don't
1: ride 15,000
0: miles over no, a couple of years. Ouch. No, no, only a few thousand between, but now my writing's just different. Like I'll put 5,000 miles on, but that's between four trips. So it, you know, it's it's less trips but i'm actually doing far more miles per trip per trip yeah it's like i'm averaging higher mileage in a different way but that's fine by me less miles on my bike then you know she'll last a little bit longer but it's certainly hard to round the corners off around the edges off around here but i'm hoping to do that at superbike school so yeah commuting so much fun um (laughs) So let's switch gears a little bit. I totally forgot I have gear updates I want to share.
1: Ooh, and if uh, any of those gear updates are relative to, um, you know, I kind of miss the, uh, what was the jacket? The grayish, uh, gray and white colorway that was the, I'm reluctant to say mesh, but ventilated uh, Revit jacket. Because I kind of need a, a summer Levanti? jacket. I've got some Your leather. Levanti?
0: Yeah.
1: I don't really have uh, the mesh. Levante
0: Well, they still have it if you want it. Do they they still have it? Yeah. They still have it. Um, I'm
1: looking for something for summer riding because the uh, Gore-Tex, the the two Gore-Tex options, one of which I'm going to get rid of, and uh, the other Revit, um, you know, I, I. kind of don't like the back protection uh, cutout that they had in this particular older jacket. So uh, between that and just not wanting to wear something black, even though it's well, it's fairly well ventilated, I kind of want to get something.
0: You can still get it. Just get the same size. You're probably fine. They're still available. Hmm. Um, But they also have the shorter version without a liner if you want. That's the Airwave 2 if you just want a, a mesh without any liners in it. but. The Levante's still available. It's a great jacket. Yeah, what I need is something long enough to cover um, to
1: cover my natural waist and kind of low waist. And I liked. Oh, you might I liked still want to stick with that Revit, then. Yeah, I like yeah. that the Revit brand can do that. Uh, Dainese is a little short. I have an excessively well, long waistline, so do, unfortunately,
0: do that one again. Yeah, no, I should. Um, but I, I just want to share. I bought some new boots I'm selling some boots and I also want to share my project so I want to talk my project first um I I started a project where I want to collect data so my goal is to and I posted this on my Facebook page a couple weeks ago so you've probably if if you if you follow that then you probably saw this but I want a few more submissions before I launch it so what I'm looking for are I'm trying to get data from individual female riders and their gear. And uh, and I'm talking about protective gear options, not casuals. I'm talking about, you know, an altitude suit, Olympia suits, Revit suits, Alpine Stars, Vanson, uh, track suits. I'm trying to collect photos, and I'm also trying to collect information about women who wear them in terms of their sizing and their uh, fitments so that when another woman is shopping and trying to buy something like maybe you're looking to buy this levante jacket you could look up this jacket on this site and you would see christie's photo so you click on her photo and she we would have about three photos of her wearing it there would be also descriptions of the sizes she's wearing and measurements So that if you want to buy this jacket and wow, you're the same size as she is, and you have the same, maybe you have the same body type, you have a long waist, you have, you know, a smaller waist, you need something, you know, to fit that way. Well, you can compare your measurements and also you can see it on someone else to see like you, you'd see what maybe if you and Christy share the same body, you could you know, look at that and it'll give you hopefully some better information to decide what size you need and whether you want to buy that item. So it's, it's something I'm trying to put together to help women shop, really. It's a shopping tool. You can't buy anything there. This isn't a site to make money. It's not right now. It's not something where you buy things. This is just where you look up, you look up a photo, you look up some information. I'm trying to make it searchable so you could type in something like, 37 waist, 45 hip, and then get some research results. What would fit me with those numbers? Or you could type in, you know, 44 bust, and then see what comes up in a jacket that's a 44 bust. So I'm trying to put something together that provides these kinds of solutions. So the way to uh, contribute is you need to fill out a survey that I've put together. We'll put up a link in our show notes and you just fill out this short survey. It's about five questions and it's just info about you and the and the gear. Basically, you submit one item per survey. So you submit a jacket and you tell me, you know, your uh, some of your dimensions, you tell me what size you wear, a couple other info pieces, because I want to have like a rating scale also. So say you look at this Levante jacket, there'll be a kind of ratings guide for fit. So they'll it'll tell you how she would rate um, fits long, you know, one to five. Long enough, not long enough. Uh, one to five, um, is the hip fit? Is it, you know, too narrow? Is it generous? You know, one to five, that kind of scale. So I'm also trying to come up with some, like, review scales of that nature. This isn't where you will find... Ooh, what is that? This isn't where you'll find, like, review scales, like technical features. This is where you'll find information about the garment. So you can try to make a easier shopping decision because something that I've learned is that connecting uh, women riders to the gear is really difficult. You can buy all the things you want, but nobody wants to buy 10 things. People want to be able to easily make a shopping decision about something they can't see, and that's really, really hard. So I'm hoping that some of this visual information and some data, like measurements, will just give you a much more straightforward idea of what will fit and what won't, because our bodies are so different, every woman's body's different, you could be the same height and weight but have completely different bodies and need completely different gear. Or you may be like me and Christy, and we share the same size. Although uh, nowadays, it might be down a size from that. Um, so it, 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 it's going to vary a lot. So I'm trying to collect a good sample of submissions so that when, you, when I launch it, there'll be at least a nice variety of product. And what I'm not looking for is just one person to submit something for one jacket. I want like 10 people like I want 10 other women who wear a lavanti to submit info. And then you can see a huge range of women wearing hopefully every size. So you can see, oh, uh, should I do a 38 or a 40? Well, here's Christine, a 38. And then here's someone else in a 40. And here are the measurements. Which way should I go? So I'm hoping that'll help somebody. So we'll put a link up. You can submit... Uh, your gear item you want to add or contribute. I may or may not use the item because, again, I'm looking for protective items. So I find some stuff to really qualify as protective and some is not. So I still haven't really figured out exactly what qualifies and what doesn't. Right now I'm looking at mostly kind of all the big-name manufacturers, the most common pieces of gear that are out there, so not not really custom things, but... You know, the the big names, Olympia, Alpine Stars, Revit, Dainese, yada, yada. So stuff that you'll find on most, you know, websites, at least in the U.S. So this is certainly specific to brands that are sold here in the United States. I just don't have the bandwidth to worry about the rest of the world. So I'm trying to really focus on the American market and the American women who ride motorcycles here. Yeah, because
1: I'm sure people would be interested to know that we wear the same jacket.
0: Well, I mean, for sizing, yes, because if you think about it in your mind, how can someone who's five two and one hundred and thirty pounds wear the same size as someone who's five nine, right? Same how way. how does that work? <laughs> yeah. But it does. It can work, and it that's where seeing that might help someone figure out, like, okay, well, do I need to go up three sizes because I'm taller? No, you don't, because for this in this specific example, because the sizing and the fit is great for you know for you then you don't have to. So being able to see those I think and seeing data seeing actual numbers not just well it feels like a small but maybe it feels like a medium like that doesn't help anybody as much I think as real information does and some numbers that you can actually use. So I hope you'll if you're listening, I hope you'll submit. I'm actually looking for some Olympia product. I'm also looking for um, just a few other brands that I haven't quite collected. So, But I am I want everything that I can get my hands on. So if you have something you think that would be worthy, please uh, submit. Or send me an email if you have questions. And right now I'm only collecting jackets and pants. I'm really going to worry about, I, w- I want to hit kind of the two hardest, the biggest pieces Most relevant pieces, jackets and pants, and try to focus on those first. So, subscribe to my newsletter. There's a link on my website, and when I launch it, I'll send an email out. So that's yeah. Let me know which need for me too. Yep. Yep.
1: Before I start thinning the herd in my closet.
0: Yeah. No, I will um so that's my project and then I just want to share I'm selling my cds (laughs) well I have two pairs of cds so I'm selling one of them and they're a newer much much newer pair that have not been used really they've been worn like 10 times between me and and a friend I bought them from they're pretty much in new condition um I have an ebay listing for it I'm selling my cd vertigo's these are not the ones I crashed into years ago. I'm keeping those. But these are newer, so they were just harder for me to break in and get comfortable with. And I opted for a different boot instead. So I decided to upgrade from my CDs to a Dionese boot and post a link to my ebay listing. That way you can check it out. Um <laughs> but I bought a pair of This is of, the marketplace, ladies and gentlemen. You know, I gotta get my I gotta get this out of my closet. Uh, <laughs> I bought a pair of Dynase Torque Out women's race boots. So yep. those are the I only women's. Men's. You have the men's Torques. I mm-hmm. think you have the men's Course Outs. The Torques I have, have the, the
1: uh, Torqued Out.
0: With the magnesium toe sliders. At least from photos I've seen, you don't have Torques. They have the silver slider on your toe.
1: I have, uh, all I remember is it's like it's, it's like Torque out. D out.
0: Yeah. So if it's a Torque, that's their top race boot. Uh, okay. For a while, they didn't make it for women. And the the difference between that one and, say, the Course Out or the Nexus is that they have a magnesium, they have like a silver toe slider. So the toe silver, oh. not black. Well, I and, didn't know I
1: had a magnesium
0: toe slider. Well, if it's silver, it is or aluminum fancy um so it has the shiny toe slider on the toe the black toe sliders are the step down it also has a different stretch uh flex at the ankles it's a little bit more flexible there and then the biggest thing is it has a cinch inside so there's actually a drawstring around your ankle so you can make it tighter so if you have Really lean legs or really uh, skinny ankles, lean heels, and you're trying to cinch the boots tighter around your foot, then you want these because of the drawstring inside. You can tighten it, cinch it down, and it really hangs on to your foot. They also run really narrow to begin with. So I can go down to a 36 in a lot of uh, shoes, and I had to go to a 38 because my feet are so wide and they're just bigger than a 36 would let my foot get into. Um, I did a blog post which we'll share because I tried these on a year ago and they were so tight I didn't think I could wear them. But I just decided to go up another size and give them a chance. So uh, I did a little, little write up on breaking them in and trying to get them to work for my weird feet. So far they're working really well. I really like them and they look really cute. So it's nice to be fully protected and cute at the same time. They're also perfect for my track day. So now I just got to get a seat.
1: Ah, uh, So now it all makes sense about you getting new boots and breaking yeah, them in.
0: That's right. But I also have been wanting these.
1: Like I I've was seen the excessive break-in uh, walking these. around all the posts.
0: Yep. Well, it, takes, it just takes a while to get comfortable with something brand new. And the thing with my CDs were I've had those for five years, and they're fully broken in, and they're really comfortable. It's impossible to break a new pair of boots in to get them that, that comfortable. And I tried wearing them for, I did around the house. I did all my, you know, 20 minutes at home. I did hour at home and I, I just cannot get them to, to, to start to break into where I think I could finish breaking them in. And, um, I'd rather just hang on to my old ones rather than try to force a new pair that I can't. And the Dianese offer more ankle support. So, I wanted those from the beginning because I wanted that extra uh, lateral support because I didn't have it before. So it's something I've been wanting. I just wasn't sure before whether I should try to make them work, and this time I just talked myself into it. And I'm so glad I did because they're certainly more comfortable now that I've broken them a little bit, and I can wear my inserts. So for me, the big difference was I could to put in my uh, higher inserts Because I need just a little bit under my heel, and so I'm able to make that work. And I rode. We went on a trip uh, two weeks ago, two weekends ago. We rode. Just did a quick overnight to Delaware. So we rode out towards Intercourse, Pennsylvania, which is (laughs) west about an hour, (laughs) which is next to Virginville. Sorry,
1: I feel like I'm 13 again. I'm gonna laugh every time you see that
0: tell that to the people who changed the name of this town back in like 19 something or 18 something. I can't remember. It was the town was founded in the early 1800s and and sometime at the late 1800s or early 19, they changed the name to intercourse. I want to know why. I don't know why, but it's awesome. (laughs)
1: You know, I don't, I'm not really a person that (laughs) studies the evolution of language, but didn't it mean the same thing back in the late 1800s (laughs) that it does now? I no, would think,
0: just... I don't know. No, I don't why know. Why you want to do that? I know, right? I have no idea. But all I do know is that the surrounding towns, there's a few around them. Blue Balls, uh, Paradise. What? Yes. What? Look no. it up. Blue Balls, Paradise, and Virginville. So these are all cities that are in the surrounding area within like a 50-mile radius or so of, Virgin, of intercourse. And right in Amish country. Um, yeah, wow! Ball,
1: Pennsylvania. What do yeah, you know?
0: And I was googling to see the history. I didn't finish googling. I wanted to see what's the history of Intercourse, and and all I read <laughs> was they changed their name. What and why? And <laughs> we've been like throwing out all these ideas, like why would you change your name to these? And uh, and I just found it fun that these other towns. I'm gonna have to look at the timeline because I'd be curious. Like, did Intercourse first, and then the other towns change their names after? Like, no, apparently was it there a, is a
1: website that uh, covers all of the complete oh. list of lewd sounding town names in America. Oh, cool.
0: History, too? Is that? Yeah. Uh, maybe. Because um, uh, I'd be curious, like, did intercourse start and then another town's like, hey, we should change our name to Blue Balls. And then another well. town's like, we'll change ours to Virginville. There's a peepee township, butternuts,
1: intercourse, brohard, short pump, climax, sugar tit, butts, ball place, plunge, wiener. Someone pointed out to me, Spread Eagle.
0: We would have marked this explicit. Someone pointed out to me in Iowa, there's a Cummings.
1: Yeah, um, that that was the chief one that came out of Iowa here, <laughs> Commertown, Dick Shooter, uh, Sugar Bank, Sugar Bunker, Rough uh, and Ready. I can't believe there's a place in California called Rough and Ready. That's funny. Um, that's that's a lot to
0: uh, to write. Um, it's great. And like we stayed also Alabama at, uh, ball play. Oh hey, go Alabama! What, <laughs> see, what I find interesting is that, Intercourse and these other towns are right in Amish country. So Amish, Mennonite, there's a lot of religious and it's very conservative out here too. Everything is, there's a lot of churches, clearly a very religious part of the state. And so is it that back then they were rebelling? Maybe these are atheists or agnostics who are like, we don't, we're going to name our towns Blue Bowls. Or was it before the Amish, maybe before the religious people moved in and the town names were just there? These are all the questions I have in my mind. If you have answers, I want to know. (laughs) Sorry for taking it from a
1: rated G to a slightly uh, Uh, maybe PG,
0: PG PG-13. Listen, these are just towns. These are towns in America. That's, we can't help that. So we went out there and we did just a little bit of casual riding. We rode down to Delaware, uh, Maryland, across the border just a few miles to quickly visit some friends so nothing crazy it was raining that weekend too so we really didn't do a lot of heavy riding actually i slabbed we slabbed late on saturday night which i never do I, we never ride late we try not to i don't know just decided screw it let's just get on the slab and ride a couple hours so you know we went out in the you know, at night and the weather was nice actually saturday night so yeah you know, we got on the freeway and Slab for a couple hours. It wasn't as painful as I thought it would be, uh, but it's the only way to really get out of here. And then uh, we rode around a little bit to Delaware, uh, the bottom of Pennsylvania around the border, Maryland, excuse me. It was fun. So we went, kind of rode around Amish country, Lancaster, had some tasty Amish foods. We stayed at the Best Western Intercourse Inn, <laughs> <laughs> and it's actually... It's so one of the coolest Best Westerns I've been to. It has the whole Amish country vibe. So the main <laughs> hotel looks like a big barn. And then there's a couple little barns outside. Because clearly, I think it used to be a farm. So they've repurposed some of the buildings. But it was so cute. Uh, thanks, Best Western. So <laughs> that, that was in La- near, right near Lancaster. Because Intercourse is like 10 miles north of Lancaster. Which is like the kind of Amish... Uh, Mecca, and I think that's really a big tourist hotspot. If you like antiques, uh, Amish furniture, Amish food—you know—they do a lot of handcrafts and they make a lot of tasty uh, baked goods and cheese and all kinds of stuff. So it was fun. Oh, Intercourse, formerly Cross Keys, hmm. founded 1754. So yeah, that might have been pre, maybe pre-Amish and Mennonite. Uh, established uh, immigration, maybe. That makes sense. Seems, uh, so I don't know.
1: So I will be putting a list. <laughs> this website um, has a list of all the slightly off-color city names yep. uh, throughout the U.S.
0: <laughs>
1: for makes... your reviewing, chuckling pleasure.
0: It makes Pennsylvania a little more palatable. Decide. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's kind of fun to ride out into these towns. It's great.
1: Sure. I would like to see someone plot in between each of these towns, a ride going across the country.
0: Uh, try to um, hit as many
1: towns as possible.
0: If um, I'm out there soon, I'll try to hit them. <laughs> Just, so.
1: I mean, I would say that would, the most popular thing would be to take a picture next to the sign.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. I'll try. I'm Absolutely. going on a ride next week. We're going to go out. Not quite that way, but. Well, if I'm out again this summer, I definitely will. Um, so that's what I was up to a couple weeks ago. Dirty
1: mind is a terrible thing
0: to waste. That's right. And I am from California, so, you know, I am not a religious conservative person at all. So everything comes out of my mouth. It's very, it's very anti. I Probably because yeah. I grew up that's doing church things. That's we have
1: listeners. <laughs> we might knock it down to three after I throw in a little tidbit. But um, Look, yeah, we'll put
0: a warning. Uh, We'll just put an yeah, explicit warning. warning. Yeah, fair warning. Um, whatever. But yeah, I because I, I spent all my time growing up in a church up until mm-hmm. me too. I was nineteen, so that's probably Ooh. why I swear Two years a lot. You're than me. Oh yeah, I got out when I was nineteen, and um, I, I that's maybe that's why now I'm just like no church. I don't need religion. I'm good. Did you know, I served my time? Uh, my sentence is over. Yeah. I'm free.
1: I think I think anything in overabundance and um it, you know, uh what's the uh the phrase? Everything in moderation. Except motorcycles. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know. Yeah, no, I did never mind, I did twenty five thousand miles on a bike in one sitting. Never mind. <laughs> like like there would be moderation when you look at that kind of number. Um yeah, everything in moderation. That's kind of my thing, you know. I'm not not hard here to judge, but I really am just to say that I got pushed. So, uh, same thing goes with, uh, with my studies, you know, I was in college until 20 something.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. And, uh, for the longest time I couldn't voluntarily pick up a book and read it probably took eight years before I went back to ordering books, going to bookstores and Aww. reading, which is really unfortunate. But, you know, for me, for such a, a long stretch in school, it was uh, reading was not something I did for fun. Reading was something I did for education's sake. And I just blasted through education and and worked yeah. so hard to a point where I just didn't want to read anything anymore. <laughs> and now, of course, technology is punishing us all by really making us short attention span. Um people which may be a good segue to um -hmm. to another topic which i didn't bring up with joanne but i just remembered um new so new is apparently uh officially on the market because a friend of joanne's and mine is Mm -hmm. the uh pr for new and they just did a press launch so i will probably go through some of the different motorcycle manufacturers uh, or not motorcycle, uh, uh, motorcycle magazines and try to find if there's someone who has like some pros and cons. Usually we don't try to hit up a lot of the cons and I'm not sure if anyone's going to have the kind of opinion I have. I've never used it. I've never, um, never tried their product, but, um, I do kind of have, some real mixed feelings about having something show up inside your helmet that could mm-hmm. be distracting me too um i, I do appreciate some good turn by turn nav but that could be something that's in want, my ear i don't want that on my that's helmet some, either yeah and so i'm a little i'm a I'm, I'm really on the fence with it being something that's entirely useful um in my opinion i think it would be more distracting i post a link uh,
0: to it. Some
1: folks from, out. uh, from Reaver reached out to us here on our lovely podcast and they were interested in discussing or reviewing their product. And my, my one, uh, bit of dialogue with them didn't really end in a, a lot more dialogue. So pretty sure that's, that's it. But, uh, uh Reaver is an app. It's based out of Colorado. Um, And app on your phone, I think it does a lot more. It's kind of like a community, so you can show your roots. Um, So you can save your roots to like kind of like a playlist. And um, people can go on some of your cool rides. Mm -hmm. It's also a navigation app. Mm -hmm. And the one thing that I have uh, an issue with, if you will, is... um, they don't have audio turn-by-turn nav. They only have turn-by-turn nav on the phone. And they said that the audio portion mm-hmm. would be too difficult. I think Google you know, and some of these other programs just have it nailed. Maybe there's a copyright mm-hmm. or a patent. Um, but not having an audio turn-by-turn nav means that you have to keep looking down at your phone. And if you're writing, uh, especially if you're going 50 in the dirt, um The last thing I want to do is uh constantly look down wait, wait. and miss the rut or something that runs across the road or something in front of me so i I let them know that that really isn't something that I would be interested in necessarily. Um, I did go on a ride with a, a bunch of people from uh, from a motorcycle publication I will say, and uh, mid ride the daughter of one of these executives in the motorcycle industry um, had said at our, at our lunch while we were sitting around talking about what we just passed through and, you know, the afternoon and the morning, whatnot, she said, dad, I really don't like it when you use this app because you keep looking down at your phone.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) So there's nothing like getting called out by an eight year old, but she had a great point. So, you know, um, not really for me. If they connect it with turn-by-turn nav and it's audio, then that would be great. But uh, I did recommend that they connect with NuViz because maybe they could somehow interface their their app with uh, NuViz. Mm-hmm. And at least NuViz has something visual at your eye level if they can't do the audio turn-by-turn nav. So, don't know if that partnership's going to link up or what. But, if you're familiar with the Reaver app and you think I'm just a complete jerk for wanting audio and not wanting to look at my phone constantly, feel free to uh, to send us some email at uh, Motorific. You can go to our website, motorific.com. There's a contact us page. Feel free to chime away at how much you love or loathe uh, heads up nav or head up nav and um, turn by turn that's limited how, to looking at the phone
0: how do you spell reaver it's r-e-v-e-r okay the only thing i see on the app store oh oops i'm an ipad only i uh, know i'm right there with you i i'm the same i want that's the whole point of uh, that's really why we bought headsets so that i could have turn by turn mm-hmm. like i don't want to like who wants to look down every time to me that's insane i, I don't Uh, not insane i just think it's not very safe it's too that's it's already distracting to have the turn by turn like having a headset in and of itself is a distraction so you're already accepting distraction with possible you know possibly with music and some directions but now you're throwing in look down like that's the worst and so i mean
1: if you're an intense off-roader um and you're not we're not talking you know riding on the street with other cars around Mm -hmm. and you're on some really long trails that don't have a lot of twists and turns and and whatnot options to, uh, go right and go left. Then, um, you know, maybe it isn't such a bad idea. You can pull over and keep checking. Oh, it's another two miles before the turnoff for this road. And I mean, it's a way to explore backcountry for sure. And I think that was probably their original intent, Mm. um, was to be able to share these, uh, these kind of remote routes with people, um, especially if you look at their website, there's a really nice shot of mountains and there's two guys on, uh, on adventure bikes with a, a dirt path in front of them. So, I mean, there are other purposes, but for me personally, that's, you know, the, the off-road with tons of nothing is not something I, at least at this moment in my life, find myself actively on so uh,
0: for me yeah well the app description i'm reading just right on the app store it's spe- it says under discover find your next great ride with recommendations from route experts around the world search off-road trails and riding areas explore mx and road race tracks across the globe so i guess it appears they're trying to focus on off-road riders specifically but yeah and that, I guess, I mean, that would probably, maybe that makes more sense for off-roading. I don't, I don't off-road, so I can't really talk sure. to that. I can only say on the street that would be not, I would not use this app. I, what I would do is I might use the app, export the root files and import them into the one that does give me turn-by-turn, turn, which is in-route. And then I would use it. But I wouldn't use the route just by itself like that because I need to have the audio. I need it. And and nowadays, I might, uh, sometimes I even put my phone in my tank bag. I don't even put it on the ram mount. I'll just leave it in my bag and then you know, whatever. Pull over if I have to pull over. It's not a big deal. We do it. All, I do it all the time. I'm okay yeah. with that. This is kind of how I how I work around it, but for me that's a deal breaker. I got to have I got to have the audio so that yeah. I can yeah. And
1: you know, we we cover different things on the podcast, but um I'm not going to really have the ability to go out and kind of test and give feedback and discuss mm-hmm. it at length other than presenting hey if you do it a lot off-road you might want to check this out i'm sure mm-hmm. someone like eric hall who does xladv um, would mm-hmm. be or probably already uses this app to yeah. be honest so it's just not something that um, we hear i would say qualified mm-hmm. um, to use a bunch because it just doesn't fit you know what we're doing. We're not going to talk about, uh, ATV or yeah. <laughs> side-by-sides or anything like that because, well, you know, why would I go on a side-by-side launch? What can I offer you? Probably not anything mm-hmm. really. Um,
0: because we'll that's post, just
1: not in we'll my post a, area of expertise or interest. Right.
0: We'll share the link to the app and you can check Absolutely. it out because it might be something you want to do. And if you, if you use it, send an email in and tell us, tell us if it's great. Tell us mm-hmm. what you think of it. But, um, yeah, I use I'm an in route girl, that's all I use now. That's why I sold my Garmin yesterday.
1: Mm-hmm. I'd rather just get lost,
0: yeah, or that, you know, or that. <laughs> Either way, we all
1: know that that's entirely possible.
0: My problem is when I've tried to get lost here in pay, I end up in someone's backyard because all the roads are <laughs> someone's, it's all residential. There's no such thing as a, as a. A Skyline Drive or a, th- or a 35 or an 84 out here so you're, you're gonna end up in someone's driveway so that's why I need my routes so I can get away from people and try to find roads where there aren't people's driveways and kids on bicycles um, but yeah check that out if it's for you and uh, the reviews on the App Store are good they get four out of five out of 14 reviews so seems to be really good hey there's an app for motorcycle driving 3d interesting Hmm. All right. Side track. So uh, that's that's all I had on the kind of gear things. We'll post a bunch of links and we will share that information with you
1: on the website. Yeah, sounds like this episode's show notes is going to be pretty extensive. So you know we have been chatting for a while, trying to give you. Maybe twice the podcast since we've kind of missed our once every two work two week benchmark, and probably going to do that again shortly. So, no apologies, we're out having fun. If we weren't out having fun, we wouldn't have any th- any fun things to say, and all we would do is sit here and lament about how we don't get out often enough, and
0: right. no one wants to hear that. Yes, so we'll get back to you as soon as we can. There's no shortage
1: list. of airplanes flying on a Sunday at this airport. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's all (laughs) I got. That's what happens when your office is at the end of a runway, frequent stops and editing. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think that's pretty much all I have to offer as well. Um, Gosh, I want to say someone sent us an email and we didn't cover it. So uh, apologies. We will try to cover um, that at the next, uh, the next episode. Yeah, I think we got like a really long positive, yeah, yeah, it was the message from our, one of our international buds who's listening oh. in a in a male-dominated warehouse.
0: Oh, no, I think we talked about that. Did we? I oh. thought we did. Yeah,
1: sorry, it's been a month, my brain. So, again, we have show notes, you should check them out. This is episode 95, correct? Yes, uh, yes. Episode 90, 96, you said? 95. 95 okay episode 95 on motorific.com that's terrific with an mo in front we run show notes we give you links so you can follow up and read for yourself on all the stuff we talk about in the event it has any interest to you um you can find us on social media, Gear Chick on pretty much all platforms. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, for me, it's uh, Motorific Media on Instagram. And we have the Motorific Podcast on Facebook. You can follow us along there. Usually we'll just update that with, unless there's something especially interesting uh, motorcycle wise, we'll just update that with a new podcast. So in the event you're not subscribed somewhere with RSS feed where it pings you whenever we upload a new podcast, you can follow our our Facebook page. Um, that's pretty much uh, pretty much all I got. It's the summertime. Get out and ride.
0: Not in this humidity but I will get on and ride very soon. So we'll see you soon. Bye.